This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, uh, before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer that uh, this week we are talking about sensitive topics, including substance abuse and eating disorders. So if any of those things are offensive to you, we recommend that you skip this week's episode and come back next week. I'm also putting down some links in the description below uh, for resources in case you or someone you know may be struggling with anything we cover in these topics. And with that, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sav and Sean show. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and today I am joined by my new friend, Christina. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Now, so today is like sort of like a heavier topic, I guess I would say. I mean, it's not like heavy because that's probably it's literally, literally not, not heavy. <laughs> I'm fucking screaming. No, literally, it's not heavy. Oh, um, but definitely something that's a little more stigmatized. But I'm really, really glad that you're here and that um, we get the chance to talk about it because that's, you know, it's a big deal. But before all of that, I want to talk about TikTok. And I know you don't have a TikTok. And no, I know it's not your favorite because I don't thing. hate myself. That's fair. See, growth. Absolutely. I'm still in the part of my life where I absolutely hate myself. Well, and I, I just need know myself. If I started scrolling down TikTok, there would be no end. Yeah, absolutely. Because algorithmically, it's like everything that you've ever thought of, interacted with, liked, hated about yourself, about others, and then like funny shit in between. That's literally the whole vibe. So I totally get you not wanting to be a part of that. That's totally fine. I, however... But... <laughs> yeah, literally. But um am a prisoner uh, to this app, and I love it with my entire heart. And most recently, um, so we're actually up here, the surroundings, we, we don't usually video record, but we are up here from Florida, up in the uh, nation's capital, per contract, which is where we met. Just in time for a nuclear war. Exactly. Ooh, she said it's spring, but it's about to be a winter. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so here we are, literally first day, right? I'm all, I'm in my room, I'm hanging out, I'm having a good time, I wake up, I'm like, let's start the day, let's get into rehearsal, it's fantastic. And I open up the app, and here's the story of Pot Roast the Cat, which you don't know about, but I'll give you the breakdown. Okay, so Pot Roast is this cat who looks kind of scraggly, it's like black and white, and Mm -hmm. her owner is like this super chill lady who used to have this other cat that died of FIV, which blows. But uh, so we find out later on that Pot Roast gets diagnosed with With FIV. FIV. Yes, and we've already fallen in love with Pot Roast for a long time. First of all, the idea to name your cat Pot Roast iconography genius love to see it but uh so then we got to like see her decline which was already rough right but like algorithmically it's like you see a video and then you keep scrolling and then you like get reminded of it later on um so it's not in one foul blast but the other morning i'm i'm in the bathroom i'm scrolling and i'm like oh my god pot roast is dead and I just actively start sobbing. And she's telling the entire story of the death. It's not like it's video recorded. And I'm just ripped apart. And then I'm like, okay, time to go be a funny character actor for the rest of my day today. That's so wonderful. I'm so glad we could do this. So at least like you had a connection with Pot Roast already though. Um, 
This reminds me. Do you know anything about Laika the space dog? No, but I'm already intrigued. So it's the story of how I cried while reading a Wikipedia article. Not a Wikipedia article. Ugly sobbing, reading a Wikipedia article. Oh my God, tell me. So the Soviets, when they were testing their... Timely, topical. The Soviets, when they were testing their space rockets, decided Mm -hmm. they needed to send some living animal at some point. Right. And they sent a dog. Oh my gosh. You know what's so funny? They did a fringe show about this thing, and I don't know the entire story. You literally look like you're about to cry right now. I'm screaming. Listen, this dog just like died alone in space. Oh my God. How sad. They sent it up there with no expectation of a of way it to coming get it back? down. Can we talk about how like science in general, they're always like, mm, well, you know, like uh, live trials, because we have to find out this information. And then they're like, fuck your humanity or actual life it's crazy like i gotta not i gotta not think too much about it but like i have a dog yeah absolutely and dogs are just so good they're so pure they're just absolutely so wonderfully pure (laughs) so i can't even make fun of you for crying over pot roast (laughs) right because you just been there done that exactly it was a wikipedia article that's way worse okay so like i know that you just watched the snl episode with john mulaney yeah because i'm always a week behind everything same honestly same and i love saturday night live but for like whenever i get busy it's like the first thing i fall off from i have like comfort shows that i watch all the time like to fall asleep and so those are on like constant rotation but it's like object permanence in the sense where it's like if you aren't actively participating in something it dissipates yeah i don't even watch full episodes generally i just kind of watch whatever clips are on youtube that's a smart move that's a smart move i actually just saw one ironically on tiktok about the um always on tiktok always on tiktok the white man's podcasting um set by fisher yes. price <laughs> and i was like wow fucking clocked no what are you talking about you're not saying you know. Right. I'm not Joe Rogan is what we're saying. I'm a little more woke than that. <laughs> just, just a touch. I'm screaming. Yeah. And he's always so good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not even going to participate in like the Olivia Munn pregnancy rehab drama. That's a whole other thing that I'm not well versed in. So I don't even yeah. know. You know, he wrote for them for so terribly long. Mm-hmm. Like the Stefan stuff that um, Bill Hader used to do. He wrote. So he's always been so good about that. And then what's the sketch that you love, 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 love? Oh, so it's all of his recurring... It's a recurring sketch with John Mulaney. Every time he comes on, he does a sketch about some food that you should not consume. Yeah. The first one I ever saw was airport sushi. Yes. But you talked about the lobster one. Oh, yes, the and lobster one. And then this one. last time, it was Subway churros. Yes. Which I've, I lived in New York for a couple of months. And like, yeah, they, they, they sell churros too, yeah. in the subway. Absolutely. People buy them. You know what? It's good food. I'm a slut for like, uh, like a street food kebab or like a euro. That shit is my entire life. But it's the musical quality that they bring in. Which is so... And it's and it's live. They're just doing it. Right, like, exactly. It's, it's actually pretty impressive to see these SNL cast members singing live and doing their little stupid choreography. I mean, it's very um middle school recital level, but 100%. it's cute. Right. It's like, wow, they, they took the music from these well-known shows and made it applicable to their daily lives. Okay, but like some of the most popular YouTube videos of all time have just been redoing lyrics to popular songs. You're not wrong. Absolutely. It's a joke that'll live as, as long as humanity is around. Yeah, quite literally. Well... Tell you what, why don't we go ahead and take a break, and then um, when we get back, we can get into this. Party. Party. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I just took a sip of, like, the worst wine imaginable. I'm not a white Zinfandel guy. I know you don't drink at all. 
<laughs> no, but, it's those shitty little um he's drinking out of those shitty little bottles you yes. get that are like stocking stuffers. Right, the little barefoot guys. They exist to give to coworkers you don't like. Exactly. Like, hi Tiffany, I know things aren't great at home. I know you're using alcohol as a crutch, and I wanted to just really dig into that. I got this stocking from the Dollar Tree. Enjoy that. Think about that next time you steal my lunch, you bitch. <laughs> I, I've never worked in like a classic office scenario, but I love the idea of just being like classically petty in a nine to five. When I tell you that Parks and Recreation made me consider a complete career change. Yeah. I was like, maybe I do want to be like a public civil servant. Yeah. I'm just too selfish <laughs> for it. I don't have yeah. it in me to be as selfless as to be like, wow, I want to do this for the greater good. I like, mean, if you worked for the government, though, you'd get guaranteed yearly raises. You're right. And a four one K. But I can't be the main character if I'm working for the government. It's all about like for the people. You're not Parks wrong. Parks and Rec. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just like uh, I everything that I do, and I I know myself well enough, not enough to fix it, but well enough to acknowledge what the problem is. Uh, alcoholism. Step anything. one. Yes. Um, that uh, everything I do is just an experiment in vanity. Like literally this, what we're doing right now, performance, even when I work my restaurant job, it's all about like, mm, I'm funny, I'm pretty, I'm smart. And it works out you really are well. funny and pretty and smart. Thank you. I was really, I was fishing for that. So I'm really glad that you gave that to me. You were so welcome. That's my one for the day. Anyway, so we're, we're talking about eating disorders, but not just eating disorders because I feel like a lot of other things are like comorbid with this like say for instance the alcoholism that i just read siri play the clip from rent literally <laughs> eating disorders yeah we're celebrating these because we're edgy right we're different it's so cool to do so much of of classic like culture is stemmed into like the misogynistic worldview that was just like perpetuated to us the male gaze at the time. There's also like that epidemic when it came to the like the housewives uppers, you know, like like oh, diet pills. Taking uppers and taking downers to sleep. Exactly. That whole thing. So it was just nothing but like essentially Ritalin and then narcotics. Basically cocaine. Literally. They're just like, let's fucking go. You're on cocaine to go up. And then you take Oxy to go down. Exactly. And I know nothing about that whatsoever. I'm a good boy. Uh, <laughs> I know I have an addictive personality and I know I have addiction in my family. Mm -hmm. So it is a hard avoid for anything. I think it's awesome that anything. you have the self-control to do that, though. Well, I don't have the self-control is the thing. Really? Like, I know if I started something, it would end terribly. Well, so at least you're going into it with that information. Yeah, but I mean, it's easy from an outside perspective. Once you're in something, that's when it's hard. Right. That's when you don't have the control to get out. And that's, that's I mean, that's the first step of any problem is admitting that you don't have control. Right. And you're not wrong, honestly. I mean, like, I'm a smoker. I drink. And a lot of that stuff was like modeled for me growing up. Mm. And so I was not like off the beaten path to do them. It was just like, okay, well, you know, like it's happening around me. And you're right. It is very different on the outside looking in. But for a long time, all those things are modeled as like cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, they still are. Exactly. I that. would argue that the Tumblr aesthetic of like a skinny white girl with bruised knees smoking a cigarette is just as relevant now as it was in 2012. And I don't know why people pretend it's not. Exactly. Well, I think it's because, you know, in the same way that so many massive historical events or um, things that we look back on now and are like, what the fuck? Like, say, for instance, like doctor smoking and how they like recommended that, <laughs> where you sort of like want to turn your back on what that history was because it's like embarrassing. It, I mean, it. it 
it is. Right. I, I want to turn my back on my own personal history from three years ago. Like, exactly. If anxiety could let me do it, I promise I would. Oh my god. I have this big thing where like I cannot repress things. I really, really wish I could. And I mean, repression. You shouldn't wish you could. I know it's terrible because that's a coping just means mechanism. At some point. Exactly. Did you learn nothing from Encanto? <laughs> I know, right? Literally. <laughs> but like, I just I have to. I remember everything that ever happens to me. You only remember the embarrassing bad stuff. If you remember the good stuff things would be a little different you're not wrong mm, nope. here we go I, why should i even pursue therapy you're already doing it so i could just talk to you about it all the time this is gonna be a fun next two months i'm a, I'm a professional therapy patient i'm screaming fix me uh, okay so Get in line. <laughs> literally so um in terms of your eating disorder i'm sure you're asked this all the time like it's such a stigmatized not, well not you even say all the time but like so I've been an, I've been in active recovery for like two and a half months. Gotcha. So you can't exactly. I'm sure you're asked this all the time. Like yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can be one of the first to ask the question that nobody wants to hear. How did it start? Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. So like we talked about how eating disorders are really stigmatized. I mean, it's definitely yeah. viewed as like a teenage issue. Yeah. And I am 25, and I developed my eating disorder when I was 22. Right. So I was old enough to know better. Is the terrible way of looking. But like you really don't until no. again it's it's an outside looking in thing right it just hits you out of nowhere i think it's because as we get older the expectation is like part of being an adult is like you have to keep that shit in and like Control. have a posed look so i was graduating college mm -hmm. it was my final semester of college we and get I it was... you went to college <laughs> yes i did <laughs> and i was graduating into being an active working performer mm -hmm. so it really was just I should probably lose some weight. Mm. And I was primed to develop a problem because I have control issues and I have addiction in my family. And I went to a very competitive school and I am very competitive. Eating disorders are intrinsically competitive. Because you're trying to fight your own body at the end of the day. Or am I wrong? And everyone around you. Oh. It's one of the nastier parts, actually, that we don't like talking about. Part of, like, the priming for the eating disorder. I'm yeah. very competitive. I'm in an inherently competitive field. Yeah. My college weighed us three times a semester. That's fucking awful and i mean it's just it starts really innocent you have eating disorders and addiction of so much crossover so you have yeah. the groundwork there in the mental situation you're maybe have a tendency towards depression you have a tendency towards anxiety you're competitive you're comparative yeah and you have control issues and it's like oh wow if i don't eat i can control my weight right and society tells you that it's a good thing yeah that that level of self-control is to be applauded right and i mean to, for so many people still it is weight loss stories are one of the number one like feel good stories out there right because everybody's looking at things and thinking wow i could do this and mm. so they're looking for something to believe in and regardless of wh how they that person got there the end result is what they're trying to achieve at the end of the day regardless of whether or not it's healthy yeah and i mean like there are definitely healthy ways to lose weight probably <laughs> i'm screaming <laughs> haven't found him yet maybe if you're like stable right i can i tell you something really 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 terrible yes okay always literally <laughs> always so honest here i sometimes i'll look at people who are really successful in their weight loss. It is out of a a response in terms of like trauma or I see where eating this disorder. Is going. Yes, and I'm always like, mm, 
I wish my depression manifested that way. <laughs> no, it's the same. It's, no, it's the same. I hear about people with ADHD and they're like, oh, I forget to eat. And I'm like, wish I were you. Yeah. When you have an eating disorder, or at yeah. least the way that mine portrayed itself, like I think about food constantly. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not getting enough food, your brain is like, please, 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 please. Right. Oh, please, Sam, may I have, have some, some more? more? Okay, Oliver Twist. So the way down. it does that is it makes you think about food constantly. So I hear about these ADHD and the competitive brain is like, mm bitch fine right exactly and i see that's the thing i do have adhd i am medicated for adhd and that is inherently an appetite suppressant and you smoke and i smoke also an appetite suppressant but i also i binge eat and like when i say i binge eat i mean i eat one meal a day and that's not an active choice usually it's like a time situation oh mad right or maybe i'm just giving myself excuses who knows stay tuned uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like maybe we're gonna draw more parallels and we'd be like oh shit but i so i eat one meal a day based upon like my busy schedule yada 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 and it's usually a full meal a very very large meal and it's in the wee hours of the evening not because i don't want anybody to see me to eat uh i've eaten in front of you that's not really a problem i'm not worried about that but it's just like what time allows and then my circadian rhythm is quite opposite to the way that the day works. Yes, it is. So like last night I made a PB&J at like four in the morning and ate that right before bed. I can't eat right before bed. It like wakes me up earlier. I guess because my body like goes through the glucose and just was like, wake up. Yeah. Fucking wake up. Right. Let's go. You got to do stuff. And my metabolism is is like it's very slow because I've done so many different versions of this, like stay all the way up through an entire day and a half to make sure that you're productive and you get what you have to get done. (laughs) I hate being awake. Right? The same. That's why I'll sleep for 18 hours and then I won't sleep for 24. It's crazy. And so all of that combined, it's just, it's wild. It's wild. Okay. So we know how it started for you. And in the way that- (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. (laughs) How it doesn't have like a a real big pinpoint. But like, what is the effect that it, it seems silly to say, like, what is the effect no, no, it has no. on your but life? It, no, it's totally... So, like, you shouldn't watch too much ED media. Mm-hmm. Though, I find myself, when I was deep in it, I watched everything that had to do with eating disorders. Really? It was fascinating. Do you know the, the show uh, Super Size versus Super Skinny? No, but that sounds awful. Like a TLC nonsense So, thing. it's a British show. And oh. they pair together someone who's really, really overweight and someone who's really, really underweight, and they make them swap diets and like a shock treatment thing for three days. What and the then fuck? they give them some ongoing counseling. And I mean, I've seen debates about whether or not it's like a good show or not. Right. Man, oh man, <laughs> when I was heavily restricting, yeah. did I watch anything else? I got it. Just episode after episode on YouTube, like, it's just fascinating. It was like, wow. A part of it is you're convincing yourself you're not that sick. Right. I'm not that bad. Right. It's not this level. I've seen the worst of the worst, <laughs> but it's... it's. Do you know imposter syndrome? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So welcome to imposter syndrome for problems. Oh my God. That is, that's my day-to-day bit. Well, but that's the thing is like, it's, it's the same with everyone in any space. Like you mentioned like alcoholism and stuff. And I know a lot of people that put off getting health for a long time because it was like, yeah, I'm kind of an alcoholic. But like, you know, I haven't lost a job over it. Right. Haven't woken up on a park bench. Right. Haven't done this and this and this. Like, I'm not that sick. I don't drink after 5 p.m. And with eating disorders, it's the same. It's like, well, I'm not dying. Right. Even when like your bodily functions are shutting down. So like maybe you are. Uh, right. You just don't have an active gauge. hospital. Exactly. So it's like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I'll tell you what. I have... And I'm sure this is the same for everybody, because if it weren't, I don't think I would have thought to think of it. I have the the story and idea of the person who is the worst, like the, the most extreme case of body dysmorphia and eating disorders ever possible. So like that's my Gage. litmus test, mm-hmm. right? 
of what the worst possible thing could be. This woman came into my job every day. She used to eat in the restaurant, but she started ordering takeout. Um, so nobody wow. could see her mm-hmm. and she was bulimic. And so she would order everything cut up in very, very tiny pieces with lots of sauces. So it would come up easier. And, you know, we can't reject service. So no. like we would have to provide it. We knew what was happening. You could see like the, the teeth. I think about people who work at buffets. Oh my god! Buffets are a really common. So in recovery, you mm-hmm. go through periods of extreme hunger where your body is just freaking the fuck out yeah. because your metabolism is starting to kick back in because you're eating a little more and then right. your metabolism kicks back on and suddenly you need a lot more. So yeah. you go through periods of extreme. I ate an entire medium pizza in an hour. <laughs> oh my god! Just me. Just you. And like a hack for it is, oh, go to a buffet. Eat a-. But I think about people who are bulimic and like buffets are a really common thing for that. Right. So it must be such a trigger. Yeah. To see how that works, especially in the U.S. because of portion sizing and everything. That's got to be crazy as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's absurd. Can't imagine, can't imagine. <laughs> and nowadays, like, it's it's a healthy movement towards putting, like, calories on things. But counting was such a big thing for me, so it sucks because, like, I don't want to see it. Right. I don't want to see it. But I'm also not going to begrudge the people who are genuinely just trying to make slightly healthier choices. Right. And it's like, where's the line? And there's always two sides of the same coin. I can't imagine what that storm must be like for you to traverse, especially so early in recovery. So one, I'm really, really glad that you're so open and willing to talk about it. And two, I hope that I'm not doing anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> so every, every time you talk about it, you're, um, so I'm an EDA, like a side to like, there's AA, which right. everyone knows, but there's lots of others. There's NA, there's GA, gambling addicts, um, Gambling Anonymous, there's... All of the new electronic music festivals that are coming to the U.S. this year. Absolutely. EDA, are you kidding? I want to be there. There's NFTA. <laughs> exactly. There's Make it crypto, fungible. Crypto A. <laughs> but there's EDA. And the big thing about EDA is like, it's a bitch. Because, so with alcoholism, what do you do? You admit that you have a problem. You do your 12 steps. You vibe. But what's like the big thing? stopping yes but so you what can't can stop you eating. not do <laughs> right you like constantly have to do that so it's you like you have to eat you can't just i'm not gonna restrict i'm not gonna do whatever i right you know it, whatever your behavior is you can't just not do it yeah because food is always everywhere all the time right it's great uh, so i had a friend that i worked with it seemed as if she was not vocal about this but it seemed as if she was also suffering from um having an eating disorder and i and i again it's weird to traverse as somebody who either doesn't have one or doesn't know if he has one Mm. stay tuned um but uh to call that out on somebody because there's you can't yeah you absolutely cannot because one that can make it worse for somebody Mm. there's like so many things so it's just like casual observation like i've seen a lot of the the performative food so like you're sitting somewhere with an apple in your hand you but you never actually eat it. Right. It, the people can see that you have the apple in your hand. And You're gesticulating with the apple. I remember there was an episode of like Degrassi or some teen drama show where like one of right. the characters was demonstrating to other characters how she got away with not eating. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. I um That was never me. I was always actually, I was very proud of my eating habits. Okay. I was very proud of them. I thought I had great self-control. 
I love that. I was comfortable eating I mean, with people because when I was eating, it was planned. It was very pre-planned. It was very structured. I stayed within my calories. Like, yeah. So I never had to do the performance. I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was lying to anyone at any point. Right. I've been very lucky. My parents are amazing. Like, literally yeah. just the most incredible support system. But they did try to talk to me a couple times about maybe eating more when I was, you know, actively underweight. But like, no, I no. wouldn't have heard it. Right. So you can't, you can't. No, it's hard to. It's hard to see out of. Like you mentioned, it's hard to see out of the clouds of a storm when you're in the storm and again there's that really really big like imposter syndrome right because if you if you want to say okay yes i have an eating disorder you're in your mind you're mentally putting yourself in the category with really really sick people and it's right. like i don't deserve to claim that title right. i'm just being stupid right there are there's always going to be somebody who's worse off than me now are you one of those not one of those but are you a person <laughs> are you one of those uh, please please tell me <laughs> are you a person who um and i think we talked about this briefly when we were in rehearsals earlier this week or last week i don't know time it's all a construct anyway where you prefer not to have a commentary about the way that you look now that you're in recovery yes um a hundred percent so the fun part about recovery is that if you, I mean, it, it's different for everyone. Yeah. But like from the position I was in and the way I did recovery, I approached recovery from the all-in method, yeah. which there's lots of different schools of thought and there's lots of different health. But basically I ate like a lot mm-hmm. for the first couple of weeks until my body took over and was like, you need to eat even more. So gotcha. I went all in. So I gained weight rapidly. Mm-hmm. And like I still have bloating and water weight and terrible digestion. Oh my God, recovery is so fun. It's so glamorous. When, when your hormones kick back on, you get acne, you get weird discharge, you're oily and sweaty and you have night sweats. Okay, so you actually bring, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off because I want to go, go further. It. But I am so curious because we've been talking for a few days and you've mentioned your hormones turning back on and I did not understand how that related. So <laughs> I was like, like sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 hormones, absolutely, sure, whatever that means. Okay, so hormones are a non-essential function of your body for a period of time. Okay. Eventually you die. Okay. Um, but um, for a period of time, your body can just kind of switch off your hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have no idea how this works in men. So forgive my ignorance on that front, but like estrogen and progesterone in women, your body will literally just stop producing them. Yeah. So without those hormones, your hypothalamus goes crazy okay Um, my adrenaline has been elevated for the past three years because my body was kind of in starvation mode and i wasn't getting the hormones and what happened was your hormones in women regulate so many things they regulate your hair growth um, they regulate like your period obviously Mm -hmm. but they regulate sweating they regulate oil production yeah all of the things so think about puberty now imagine that you shut off your hormones for three years so you were just so you're just of, early menopause situation. Yes, it was literally early menopause. And then you switch your hormones back on. Oh my and gosh. suddenly you're in puberty again. Again. Oh my gosh. To be really personal. Yeah. I'm pretty lucky, actually. I just had a period. Congratulations. Um, first, She's a woman. It was my first period in three years. Oh my God, that is celebratory. <laughs> we love crazy. to see it. I called my sponsor. <laughs> I was, oh my God, it was a big deal. I mean, it was oh disgusting gosh. and terrible and I felt like I was going to vomit and die literally constantly. Oh my gosh, because like for three years, again. that was never a thing that you had to deal with. So that was great. Do you have a PCP or like or, or somebody that's monitoring those things outside of your sponsorship here? So my PCP, when I talked to her... Um, like I was it was 2020 and I was in the double digits and oh geez um I talked to her um and my blood work showed that I had slightly elevated cholesterol and oh, no. she told me that I needed to 
eat healthier. Wow, that's so shitty. So I don't talk to her. Yeah, rightfully so. Because also <laughs> they have a BMI index with your charts. Like they yeah, it was saw. really funny. My um, my uh, you know you get paperwork when you leave. Yeah. Um, and my paperwork said like BMI of this adult high cholesterol. Patient is advised to eat healthier. What the, on the fuck? Same paper. <laughs> wow. Thank you, medical professionals. We love to see it. Yeah. So no, I'll be honest. I'm kind of free balling it. Okay. Um, I mean, I have my sponsor and I go to EDA. Uh, I have a weekly meeting that I go to, which is virtual. Yay. I love um, that. COVID times. And I obviously have been very open about it with my parents and with my family. And I'm doing a lot of research on it myself. But yeah. I'm actually... Mm, mm, um, not working with a medical professional on this because I don't trust medical professionals. And That's I didn't, fair. The thing is like, okay, have you ever been in therapy? Yes, but I have. So my therapy experiences were both very, very awful. I exactly. saw one as a child and as an adult. And I... No, exactly. Yeah, and so every time I'm you burnt out. Every time you want to find a therapist, you have to play therapist roulette. Exactly. Will this therapist work well with me? Right. And it's the same with nutritionists. Exactly. So like you're... Okay, so imagine you are in the shittiest place and you are in active recovery and you're like, you don't know what to do, but you kind of have an idea like the internet... You have an idea of how you want to approach this? Yeah. Do you really want to spend four months of your life trying to get in with a therapist? Right. Trying. Because trying Garen, to get in. You're, it's unlikely that you'll get an appointment in the first place. Only to hate them and have to find the next right. one. And you won't even know that because everyone's like, well, you have to give it like four to six weeks. Like everything. They're like, if you're taking a new medication, you have to give it four to six weeks. If you're seeing a new professional, you have to give it four I to six that's weeks. fine. It makes sense. I understand why, like, you should give it four to six weeks. But you have to restart over again. How many times do I have to unpack my familial trauma? Oh like, can I, can I just direct people to this fucking podcast and have it, like, done in that way so we could just, like, get <laughs> through like, it? So they tell, the big thing in recovery is, the big phrase is, if you're not recovering, you're dying. Yeah. You need to start. So, like, you're me. It's mm -hmm. two and a half months ago. You know what you need to do. You're in a position where you're in a safe environment. You're going to be home with your parents just working at the church on Sundays for the next couple of months. Like, Praise him. You know you need to start. Yeah. And But and there's a voice in the back of your head that says, maybe you should do this with professional help. Now you're not going to start. Right. You're going to play therapy getting, roulette for several months. Right. You're wading through all of the, the nonsense. And no, yeah. So fuck that. Oh, well. I just started. But um, um, disclaimer, if you have the opportunity and are in the position where like, God, if you need like inpatient or something, like do it. Oh right. my God, I'm not saying don't not to go be this. to Yeah, I, I'm screaming. I'm like, you know what's so funny? We're having this entire conversation. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree with you. And then I'm like, wait a second. This is literally a platform for other people to hear. So oh, yeah, please, like, please see, go. And like, when right. I, I will... I will definitely be finding and working with a therapist about this. I had a therapist a little bit ago. Um, I fell out of contact with him when I had a contract down in Miami. Yeah. But I know he wouldn't be good for this. Right. And I will find someone at some point. But like sometimes you cannot wait. Right. And it's not even it's not even a glamour glamorization rather of like not to perpetuate the whole stigmatization or glamorization of what an eating disorder is, but I feel like the only reason that this conversation can be had candidly in the way that it is is because you're in recovery. Mm. And so, like, anybody who may or may not no, be no, struggling... No. You have to recover. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> and my whole thing was if I am actively trying to search for people to help me recover, I won't recover. Right. The moral of the story is not don't go to therapy. The moral of the story is don't wait for therapy. Right. If you know something that will improve your life... If you know that journaling will improve your life, fucking do it. Right. If you know that not going on TikTok 
will improve your life. A while. Stop going. Don't wait for a therapist <laughs> to tell you something right. you already know. What the therapist is there to do is to tell you the shit you don't know. Right. Because you don't know lots of stuff. Even if you know something, right. you like, know Right, like conceptually you get it, but the actual execution of it. Like me and dancing, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. I think it's funny because th- with the table here, my gestures are all like, I'm like Kermit. Kermit the- <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, wish, I hope you guys can see this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here and for just being willing to have the conversation. This is something that I'm so not well versed in. And I know that like we've known each other for literally two weeks. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're on contract together so there's plenty of time to get really deep parasitic attachment exactly i'm a codependent piece of shit if you listen back to other episodes you'll really understand where that came from and i'm missing my dog so i need something to fill the i slobber and i have some eyes that aren't completely dead yet so like if you look deep enough into them i can i can fill the void right Mm. so blue well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you just heard, uh, you can go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe. It is the best way to support our show, small creators such as ourselves. If you would like to hear uh, more things like this, you can go ahead and turn on automatic downloads. Say, for instance, you're out and about doing whatever, you don't have cell service, uh, we're automatically in your phone. If you'd like, you can also follow me on Instagram personally. My handle is at Anthony underscore clams and Christina. I know it's so funny. It's I'll Sexy. tell you the story off the air because it's a whole thing about MasterChef Junior and where the Anthony clams thing came from. It's oh, very no. funny. Um, but Christina, where can we find you? My Instagram handle is um, at Chrissy Teens. So C H R I S S Y T E E N S. It was a nickname in college. And, I love that. You know, sometimes we. Sometimes it happens. Again, we get it. You went to college. I went to college. And college. <laughs> and you're getting yeah, your second master or your second this, bachelor's. I want one of those shirts that's like, I went to college and all I, all I got was this shitty eating disorder. I'm screaming. <laughs> now it's going to be out in the world to see. You should have held onto that one to your chest and, and actually. Oh God, someone's going to make my shirt. Oh, no. Intellectual property. Royalties. We're making it happen right now. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you guys next, next time. time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.